What's up, everyone? It's NFL Week 10, and this is the game plan. We're going to take you through the NFL Week 10 slate. We're going to talk best bets across a number of games with top DFS player and sports better extraordinaire, John Statsational Alessia, top 10 ranked. How's it going, John? It's going okay. Yeah, and you just... Uh... Catching me right in the middle of handicapping. So that's that's when do. I want to get you. That's when I want to get you. Were you a little jealous of my DFS play last week? First and third in the old tiers. That was how did how did you do it? With, did I assume you stacked the uh, Houston game now? Yeah, yeah. It was just um, you know, it's just a format where because oh, the tiers you did the tiers. Yeah, yeah it was yeah. tiers. So effectively, with that one, uh, one of the tiers had you know the sexier quarterback names and Stroud. And so if you just if you just kind of allow it to, it's gonna force the the more expensive guys, so to speak. And I just forced some Stroud in there, and those are the good ones. That's all it took. Um, you know, I was heavy on CD Lamb, that helped, and and a couple other spots. So um, yeah, it was a really good week for me. And and um, we're gonna keep it going. I feel it. I feel it. Your bets last week absolutely smashed um from this show. Yeah. So I mean, just nailed the right side. Love. Well, those underdogs and the week before. So you're rolling, John. It's been rolling. Yeah, this is, you know, it, the NFL has really been been good. It's tough. The NFL betting the sides and the totals in the NFL has been tough, but it's been a good year for me uh, so far this year. And the props have been really good, too. So last yeah, week was well. last week was going great for me until I bet the Jets on Monday night. That was, I, I can never bet the Jets. I, I, it's tough to watch, man. That offense. It's a shame that defense could not have played better. Uh, you know, the 27 points didn't really say how well the defense played, yeah, but you turn it over every two seconds. Yeah. It's, you know, you get a special teams touchdown and again, you know, for daily fantasy, it's like another DST. You're like, Oh God. Chargers. Yeah. Chargers. Um, captain, uh, Chargers, captain lineups, take it all down. Uh, you know, what's depressing as a Jets fan. I almost need to take down the sign because the Vikings lose cousins and they make three phone calls and they have a quarterback that's better than what the jets have the jets have had f four or five weeks of this this kid the kid dobbs it's just a weird thing like how this guy like he's better than a lot of quarterbacks in the league and he's really bright so it's not like because sometimes you get a guy with a lot of talent but they're just so dumb they can't figure out the offense, which you do have to be at least football smart in uh, at that position. So he's, I mean, he's got all the intelligence in the world. Uh, it's just one of those things where the guy keeps bouncing around. But I mean, I didn't like it in in survivor pools. I was in, I'm in a double elimination survivor pool, and, and one of them I had uh, Atlanta as a fade. Oops. And I'm like, I didn't want, I didn't want to see Dobbs come in. I told uh, my buddies were like, oh, sweet, the quarterback's hurt. I'm like, yeah, but you got a better quarterback coming in who they are not prepared to play. That was so a worst case scenario for that yeah. game. Because yeah. if Allen plays, they they beat him. Like Atlanta beats him. Yeah. Yeah. That was a worst case scenario for your bed in that game. I'm not saying Dobbs is very good. I'm just saying like the Jets could have the Jets only need like a D on that team at quarterback. If you just had a C minus quarterback on that team, you'd be winning games. The I, defense is that good. I would be careful. I'm telling you right now, when you watch the when you watch the film, this do the entire offense is terrible. It's not just the quarterback. The entire offense is terrible. Like obviously there would be an upgrade with Rodgers, but they would they they would be struggling on like you, people would be upset with the offensive production 
uh, even with Rodgers in there. The, they That offensive line is just atrocious, and nobody's open. Like, I watched it. I'm like, these guys don't get open, and part of that is just the play calling is so – there's no imagination. Now, possibly – I'll give them the benefit of the doubt. Like, maybe Wilson is so dense that they can't run anything super creative on offense. But uh, I, I've seen enough of Hackett to know that he's not the greatest play caller in the world. Yeah, ever. it could be Hackett. It could be. A, anyway, whatever it is, it's it, it's a disaster. And, and it's mostly just embarrassing. Um, it's mostly just embarrassing. But um, we're going to move on. We're going to talk about NFL Week 10. We got games. Uh, this week's slate sets up a lot more interesting, I'm going to say, in the last few weeks where we've really had no good games. We have some good spots here, so let's get started. We're looking at the main slate, NFL Week 10. So we're only looking at the Sunday main slate of games here. Um, and the first game on the board, we have the Texans at the Bengals. With the Texans uh, road seven-point underdogs, I already know which side you're going to like because I like that side too. But the, but, but the Texans are seven-point road underdogs in this one. Bengals coming off uh, you know, a strong run. It looks like um, Burrow... Over 20, uh, I think over 25, but over 20 fantasy points in three of the last four games. He's heating back up. The ankle is fine. On the flip side, is there a hotter offense coming off of last week than uh, C.J. Stroud and the Texans? This is an up spot for offense, I think, on both teams. Um, taking a look here at the uh, power ranking sheet that uh, you put together for us uh, over on the Sharp app. Let me actually present this on screen. But taking a look at the power ranking sheet, You've got this one uh, as a close game, twenty with with well, Houston winning. Yeah, the problem is Cincinnati is just such an anomaly in the fact that those, you know, those two, three, like really three games right early in the season were just not what they are. So you've really got to take that into account that yeah. they're just, but they're also not eight points better than what they are. So I think I, I do think the game's a little closer than than maybe people think, but or at least the the odds makers think, which. Is actually I'm I'm I really don't like a side on this game. I know the the um, the sharp money came in on the over for it, which I kind of like that better. I like the over um, on this one more than I necessarily like the side. But the the uh, it, it almost looks like to me it looks like they're sucking you into a Houston bet here. It just looks like too many points for me with how well Houston's playing on offense. I think I think. It I don't know if they're sucking me in. Houston is definitely the side um, to take. I think here, Houston can score. They're going to keep this game close. I, I don't. I don't think Buffalo. Uh, I don't think uh, the Bengals defense is good enough to shut them out. You never know, rookie quarterback. Hey, you never know. But I like the swag going on with this Texans offense right now. They can't really. Here's another thing. They don't run the football particularly well. So in a game where scoring is occurring, it's going to happen off of the arm of the quarterback. Um, similarly with the Bengals, they don't run the football particularly well. Um, they haven't for a few years. Mixon is kind of a little dusty. He'll have that great game once in a while, and this could be it. But um, neither one of these defenses uh, are better versus the, the – both defenses are better versus the rush than the pass. Uh, let me pull this up here. So, so again, let me just pull this up here. But uh, let's see, Bengals. Yeah, here we go. Yeah, they're allowing 22 yards above mean expectation to opposing pass catchers, so they are worse versus the pass than the rush. And same thing for Houston. Houston's very good against the run, allowing 16 fewer yards um, below expectation, according to this, and where uh, they are allowing 25 yards above expectation to opposing pass catchers. All of this brought together means this is a good spot 
for both passing offenses. I love Burrow this week. I love Stroud this week. And as far as like props and sides, we want to be taking, I want to be taking the overs on passing yards. I want to be looking at the various pass catchers and looking for overs across um, this game. So uh, I'm looking at the pass catching sides. I'm looking at stacking Stroud and Burrow. So let me throw this at you, John. Burrow, the home favorite. Stroud, hot quarterback, cheaper stack options. So as a as an elite DFS player, are you more interested in a more expensive stack, like where you've got Burrow with the super stud and Jamar Chase? Probably want to add a second guy in there, though it's tricky to double stack Burrow as it just is uh, because of how expensive Chase is versus someone like Stroud where, hey, his pass catchers are super cheap. Noah Brown, 3,700 on DraftKings. Uh, uh, Tank Dell, uh, under 6K. You got Collins there and, and the tight end. It's a really easy double stack. And obviously last week, Stroud triple stacks won the day. Uh, which side interests you more? Or you don't care in playing both? Well, obviously I'm going to play them both. But yeah, I think if you are, if you're playing um, single entries, three men, I think you have to lean more on the Cincinnati side. It just sets up right. right? I, you have to really love uh seven point fair like that three to seven point range on a fairly high i mean we're talking about 47 being a high total now but this is the nfl that we we have um the game itself actually sets up well for me on with my numbers that i'm looking at as a good game stack but if i have to choose one side here i'm leaning actually more towards the the cincinnati side of the game i know this this whole notion that lose you know the the team is down they're going to throw more and all that i get that but we've seen it historically like favorites tend to win more often than not in these big gpps the favorite uh the favorite uh, from the favorite team yeah, yeah. The so favorite i would lean team. that way especially coming off of the the week that they had last week where uh obviously i mean houston he, he goes bonkers 470 yards whatever he threw for um and in a favorable matchup on paper here i think you're going to, if you're looking to get some value, I think the value will be more on the Cincinnati because Houston's not stopping anybody either. So, um, you know, and this is an offense that we know Cincinnati's capable of doing a lot more than they did when Burrow was hurt. Um, I, I think, I think the potential here for gaining leverage on the field is on the Cincinnati side. Yeah, I, I could see that. Um, again, the negative with Cincinnati is just how expensive the stack is with Chase. But, you know, that's life. Yeah. You know, I don't worry about it all that much. The only time that the, the 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 price gets in the way is when you're really looking to uh, put a big game stack on because now you're forcing in pieces of that game. But, you know, in the NFL, there's always some good value out there. You're always going to be able to find uh, some plays that are going to be able to fit to make sure that those expensive pieces fit for you. I like it. And and just as a DFS point, final point is pretty much all, all the relative names on both teams are in play in a game like this. Um, but I'm certainly focused more on the passing attacks than uh, either rushing attack. Although uh, Joe Mixon is so dusty, but you know, it's going to, it's going to burn you once in a while, like once a season, it'll burn you if you don't play him. Maybe this is it. I don't know. Maybe. Um, not picking a betting side here or, or yeah, um, I mean, I, I, I definitely lean towards it. I'm not betting the game. Um, the over still looks good. I mean, we've lost some value because this thing has jumped up from 45 up to the 47, 47 and a half. I still think you're good up to 48 on the over on this game. I like the over. I like uh, the Houston side as well. Although I don't mind, um, again, I'm a big teaser 
and I don't mind moving that to even 10 and a half, get a couple more points in there for some, some safety, a little protection. Uh, but I, I like the Texans side. I'm taking the seven here. I think they keep it close enough, um, but eventually probably lose the game. Um, all right, next up, we've got the Saints at the Vikings. The Vikings are at home as three-point underdogs. Josh Dobbs as the QB. Superstar Dobbs. This one has a 41-point total. Um, so not a great total for DFS purposes. Uh, Saints on the road. What do you think of this line? Three points for uh, three points for the for the Saints here, or Saints given three against the Dobbs. I think you know. I think the Dobbs thing has to come down to earth this week after what happened last week. That's just a general. But what do you think? Well, I mean, we were talking about it a little bit earlier when we were talking about that game. I mean. It's always difficult. I when whenever there's a quality or you know a, a quarterback that it can at least start in the league who's coming in off the bench. I, I always hate to see it when I bet on the other side. Now I did bet the Vikings as far as a bet, but I needed Atlanta to win the game. It almost worked out perfectly for me. Uh, almost caught, caught both sides of it. But when that happens, um, it's it's tough for the other defense because especially when they're a different type of quarterback because they're not really prepared for that quarterback. Um, and so it, it, a lot of the NFL is really, it's a chess match, right? So it's game planning and having the other coaches know or have a, a feel for what the other team's going to do. You got to, in that situation, you had a quarterback who hasn't even been on the team. And I know the, the common perception is, well, that's got to be a disadvantage to them. You know, they're running whatever, you know, I don't, I'm not in, intimate with their, their offense and, and what it is they're running, but I'm sure they kept it very basic and, and the kid has a lot of skills. So um, I do think, they're still overvaluing the cousins injury here. I think the plus three is a little too much. Uh, not a strong play for me. Definitely uh, a lean that I have. I know the New Orleans defense is fairly solid, um, but I, I, I think I think the I think they're overweight. I, I always say some of your best opportunities in betting the NFL is off of quarterback injuries because if you can value correctly how much of a point differential that is. Um, you can make money on that. A lot of people don't like to bet backup quarterbacks, but oftentimes you can win with the backup quarterback when they're overvaluing just how much that starting quarterback was worth. And so I, I do think here it's small play, but I, I do like Minnesota uh, a little bit here. Plus three. I feel like I lose money a lot. I always bet against the team with the backup quarterback and I lose a lot. Well, here's the thing. It's like, this is just one of many different scenarios that happen. It's 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 like when it rains and everyone's like, oh, got to bet the under. It's raining. I'm like, well, you have it's not like you have information that other people don't have. Now, if you knew the backup quarterback was going to be playing this week for Team X and nobody else in the market knew. Well, yes. Now you 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 have an advantage over the field. You've now got information that no one else has. Once that quarterback is in. The information's out there. Like, we're all betting the same thing. In theory, these games are all 50-50. That's what the, the line is meant to make it a 50-50 proposition. So whenever anyone on a on a, a side ever tells you, like, ah, that's a stupid bet, I'm like, well, nah, there's no such thing. I mean, they're a 50-50 prop. Now, what you're trying to always do, you're trying to find value. And where is there always going to where is there going to be value? How many people bet? Most people are going to do what you do which is, hey, this new quarterback's in there. I'm not betting on that guy. I fall it. I fall for it every time. Every Absolutely. time. It sucks me you, in. You need, you, you, when it comes to sports betting, I mean, also, if you're betting, if you're taking a risk in the stock market, whatever it is, more often than not, you need to reprogram your brain. And it's 
some people don't understand what being contrarian is. They think being contrarian is just being the opposite of everything else, like, you know, whatever anyone else has. But to be contrarian, like, to be a contrarian better on sides, most of you out there should actually look and say, what's, boy, that looks obvious. That, that was my, in the first game, like, to me, the Houston seems too obvious. It's just not a play that I want to jump on. I don't really love taking Cincinnati either. But you should be able to look, if you have any experience, you should be able to look at the lines and go, oh, that looks easy. That looks easy. And then you don't want the easy. ones that look yeah. easy. Yeah, you don't want the ones that look easy. But you have to also have some experience to know, uh, to, to trust. It, it, it takes some experience and trusting what you're looking at. Um, and it, it has to look, you have to know that it's, not only does it look easy to me, it should look easy to everyone else. Like sometimes it looks easy to you because you're just so smart. And I don't mean you, I'm talking to the general public. But of course it could be. Definitely not me. Could mean you as well, but you just may be smarter than, you know, on that particular game, whatever it is that you're looking at. But when I look at something and I go, everybody's going to be on that side. And I kind of like that side too. You you should pause a second and just double check and make sure there's, you know, why is this not being bet? Like, okay, I agree with it. So that means everyone should be betting that side. Yet the line's not moving in that. Like, why isn't the line moving? All the money's coming. We have the handles on the sharp app. Like you look at it, you're like, well, all the money's coming in here. All the bets are coming in on this side. Yet the line is moving or staying stagnant at wherever it is, or God forbid, moving the opposite way, which they call a reverse line move. Something is amiss. Something's amiss here. So you, you know, you, it comes with experience and, um, but you, you have to just be careful with those ones that look obvious. I like it. Um, Just a quick look at this game from DFS angles. And reminder, you guys are watching the game plan DFS and best bet show with John Sensation Alessia. John's representing the Sharp app. And of course, I'm here representing DFS Army, but we are a family. Got all my sisters and me. Yeah. And um, John's the Sharp at Sharp app. You get his plays, Um, top props plays, uh, everything, all all your bets. You can track them, follow along on the Sharp app. So go on the app store. Download Listen, Sharp app. Florida people like me, we we've now got uh, the Hard Rock is now open. Finally, betting they in Florida. We had it for a Let's little while. Go. It was gone. Now it's back. So you can. It's only one out. We only have the the Hard Rock, but hey, it's better than nothing. Yeah. Listen, it's something, and um, it's it's a beginning. So Florida, there we go. Another giant marketplace of sports betting. I'm excited. Um, taking a look at this game real quick. Um, so from from some DFS angles, there aren't a ton. Listen. Cam Akers got hurt, so Alexander Madison pretty much has the backfield to himself for the Vikings. I think it's an acceptable spot, although uh, uh, the Saints have a pretty good run defense on the season, so it's not something I'd want to go crazy on. Flip side on the Saints, Alvin Kamara's priced all the way up, really similar to um, even Christian McCaffrey and at that level. It's going to be tough to pull the trigger on Kamara when he's not that different in price from a, from a McCaffrey and paying up all the way over 8K. And he's really just, you know, splitting a little bit now with Kendry Miller and uh, Jamal Williams. So I think he'll be a popular play. I'm not super, super high on Kamara at over 8K. Again, it's it's he needs that 13 target type of game to pay off uh, those kind of numbers more often than not. So he, he's on the periphery of interest for me right now, but not uh, somebody I'm going wild for. Anybody stand out for you DFS purposes in this one? I mean, Alave just has been a disappointment all year. It's it's I'll keep playing him, but you know, the touchdowns haven't been there. So it's been a challenge for him. I, I still think you have to go back to him. And then and then on the Vikings side, I mean Addison, I guess. Hawkinson, maybe. 
Yeah, Hawkins is probably the best option that you you're gonna have on the. Uh, so you gotta see what he, I know. He was a little banged up last week, so I don't yeah, he's know. got a Q tag. So I'm not sure yeah, he, um, where he's at he right now. Hurt, I, I believe it was a rib injury, which is never fun. But he kind of toughed it out. So I was watching that game, and I, I think it was ribs. He was he every time he got hit, he was off the field. Because mm. just, yeah, it's not good. Just in pain, you know. I mean, hopefully, I, I don't know what what he's like this week, but he he could, you know, if if healthy, uh, I do like that. I, I do like that side and. Um, yeah, but other than that, I don't, I don't really love, I love the game. You know, Taysom Hills now become a, you know, it's, it's he's destroyed any interest I I might have in Derek Carr. Not that I was interested, but you know, with Tay Tay taking, um, you know, a touchdown or two away each game, it's just, it's <laughs> it just yeah, it's, out it, any kind of upside. It's tough. Yeah, it's tough. And he's, I, I don't know if he, did he lead the team in carries last week? He had 11 carries. So yeah. I don't know if he led him, but that's what I'm saying. That's another one. Kamara's not getting that touchdown. Because Taysom Hill's coming in around the goal line. So it is, I'm telling you, I need full upside for my running back at 8K. I need him every chance that that he gets to be in the game scoring touchdowns. And I think that people got fooled by the variance of the first few weeks of Kamara. I, you know, he's got a, a career long history where on DraftKings, he's been priced more at 6K than at 8K. So bear in mind, whenever a player's salary gets really different, from what I'm used to, and he's on the same team in the same role and all of that, you know, it's kind of like what Keenan Allen, what happened with Keenan Allen when, when Eckler got hurt and then has, he's remained in a weird spot. Um, that's happened with Kamara. You know, he came in, all the other running backs were hurt, had a couple of big pops, and now they moved him to an 8k super stud price point when Kamara has not been that for years. So be careful, just like last week on Kamara. I didn't have a ton of Kamara last week for this reason. And it was a good thing for me and my game. So hopefully, or, or I think that'll uh, come to pass again here this week. Um, all right. Next up, John, we've got the Packers heading on the road to take on the Steelers. Steelers are three-point home favorites in this game with an anemic 39-point total. Uh, John, you know, Kenny Pickett's not been very good this year. But yet the Steelers are are winning games. They're five and three. Packers three and five. These teams are super similar for me. I get why it's a three point spread. Um, you know, I don't think either team has like a very good quarterback. Both have, you know, I think the the running game for the Packers leveled up a little bit last week. Aaron Jones getting healthier, but that dude's you know a sneeze away from being out again with another injury because that is just who Aaron Jones is. Um, how do you see this one going down? Yeah, it's another tough one. I mean, I I don't like Pittsburgh as a team, but I I, I dislike Green Bay even more. Um, you know, last week they just they catch uh, they catch the Rams at the right time, obviously, and and uh, win that game fairly comfortably. But thing with Pitt, like Pittsburgh's just not strong. I mean, you're looking about my power rankings, not a strong team. They're one of the one of the weakest teams at their record on on the whole. Um, and they're what are they at now? They're four wins, a four win, five win team, right? Five and three. Yeah, but they're still and, showing. You're right on the power rankings. They're 23rd. Yeah. If you, if you look at their defense, not good, allowing 25 yards above uh, average to pass catchers and 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 18 yards above average. You don't normally see both of these in the negative, meaning they're bad against the pass and the run. They're bad against everything. Yeah, they are, but uh, you know, similar. Some, like, some guys coming back, of course. Some yeah, help. Green Bay's not that good, but Green Bay's been good. One thing they've been good again, good against is the pass. Um, you know, I I just this is a tricky game for me to bet. 
I don't like to bet against Tomlin when you've got two teams that I think are pretty close to each other. Um, he seems to he, he seems to do. Listen, he's well, never their had defense pulls it out. Yeah, their the defense, defense been, pulls it yeah, out. It's been it's, it's been de- you know I don't know how they, they've got it when you look at the schedule too. When you look at the uh, at the power rankings, one of the more I think it's the yeah it's the most difficult schedule that they've had to date uh, in the league. So um, this is going to be one of the weaker teams that they've they've gotten a chance to play so far and. I, I mean, I would I would lean towards the Pittsburgh side of this game. It's the public side of the game, which you always hate. The public's on Pittsburgh here. Um, the book is going to need – they're going to need Green Bay. But if I had to take this game, I, I would back the Steelers. I don't even – I mean, I don't know about you. I, I just don't have a great feel, even for the total on this game. I could see it going either way. Um, I could, you know, at 38 and a half, I could see I, this going I hate over. taking unders on a 38 and a half yeah. point. Total. Like, I'm not doing that. So – and I don't think it's playing over. I agree with you. Um, Jordan Love has been mediocre at best and and below average, more likely. And the same thing with the other quarterbacks. So you have two quarterbacks that haven't been very good. Um, you look at the running back situation on both teams. And again, Pittsburgh's weird. No DFS angles there. Just Harris and, and, and Warren. And it's too many guys. They never really pop for a big score. There's, they're fully splitting touches. And on the Packers side, it's Aaron Jones, who last week I would actually have been interested in Aaron Jones. But the problem is I don't like him on an underdog. I don't like him because the dude always gets hurt. So you literally cannot even trust him to get through an entire game. But that would probably be the best play uh, of any player between these two teams. It probably is Aaron Jones. There's no there's no real um, offensive players on the Steelers that I'm interested in in using in DFS. I mean, Pickett, fine. Uh, George Pickens, okay, I guess. DeAndre, uh, 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 Deontay Johnson had a big week, so maybe that's the guy. He got a bunch of targets last week. But n- nothing really pops off the page. Um, I don't Even Deontay Johnson probably covered by Yair. And even if he's not, I mean, he just doesn't have a ton of touchdown equity, even though he did score last week. Whatever. But um, so this game just doesn't pop for me uh, as a DFS play almost at all. Uh, I'm I'm just staying away from it. Low score, low total, nothing interesting here. Uh, I agree with you on the side of the Steelers, but I'd probably just as soon avoid betting this game than anything. I, I don't want to really rely on Kenny Pickett. It, it reminds me of relying on Zach Wilson a little bit, where I hate relying on bad quarterbacks. It's not fun. It's not a fun well, watch. Then you might as well not watch the NFL this year. There's a lot of games like that. Um, this next game, th- this one's really interesting. Titans taking on the Bucks. Uh, this is effectively a pick'em game, although on BetMGM, uh, the Titans are getting one point. As I'm happen to be looking at BetMGM right now, don't ask me why. Um, game total here is 39 and a half, and a couple of interesting sort of tidbits. Uh, number one, this is that same Bucks team that CJ Stroud went bananas on last week. The Bucks stopped the run. And they're very bad against the pass, which just tends to lead to inflated passing game totals. Uh, quarterbacks are scoring uh, against the Buccaneers on the season very nicely. Um, they are last in the league, effectively giving up the most fantasy points per game to opposing quarterbacks. Of course, last week's Stroud game doesn't help that stat. It certainly gave them that number one billing, but they've been terrible versus quarterbacks all year long. So this is a quarterback elevated spot for Will Levis. Um, Will Levis looked like shit last week, but looked pretty good in his first week. And I think all those things were, uh, at least last week's 
bad was kind of expected. It wasn't a great matchup, but now we get a good matchup. $4,800 Will Levis, uh, DeAndre Hopkins on that team. Flip side, um, there's nothing really of interest for me on the Buck side outside of Rashad White, who's continuing to get all the touches and heating up a little bit. I think both, you know, Evans is okay, and probably Evans is okay. Kate Otten had a smash week last week, so I don't know. Throw him in the mix in your game stacks. But how do you see this game going down? Are you willing to uh, take a shot on the the Levis helmed uh, Titans here at, at pick a odds or plus one? You know, it's it's uh, it's interesting. The Sharks came in on Tennessee earlier this week, but I, I kind of like Tampa in this game. I, I, uh, I would go. I would. I would come again. Actually, you know, I'm looking at it incorrectly. Tampa, the Sharks are on, so I'm on the same side. As oh, the there Sharks. you go. Yeah, I looked at it. Uh, I was looking at our college. The Sharps are actually on college if you're interested. Uh, the Tennessee balls. But, oh, there um, it is. Yeah. So I, I kind of like Tampa. Um, a numbers-based man. It's like, I don't know. I'm looking at metrics. I don't even know what league this is. I know. I looked at the wrong uh, I looked at the wrong section of our of our Sharp report, uh, which is which is phenomenal. That's the on the, the college football side. But on the NFL side, the Sharps agree with me. So I, I do lean towards, uh, towards Tampa a bit here. Uh, in this game, the, the lines kind of moved in that direction as well. You know, uh, you know, lost in the headline of CJ Stroud's monster game last week was the fact that Tampa was keeping up in that game and leading. Uh, you know, they were putting up points and leading going into the last 30 seconds of the game where 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 Stroud and, and that incredible comeback at the end. So it's not like Tampa's been playing terrible, they were right there. Although Baker Mayfield still not a great game for him. Uh, it doesn't interest me as a QB play. For the most part, like even even with Tampa scoring 33 points, Baker Mayfield somehow figured out how not to have a big fantasy day. Um, it's impressive how he can pull that off. So, yeah, lost in the in the shuffle, so to speak. So you like the Tampa side? Um, I think I'm with you on that as far as a betting angle. But for DFS, I think there's a lot of DFS goodness to be had. In this one, certainly I'm going to be stacking Will Levis and DeAndre Hopkins in some tournament um, lineups. I love taking passing offenses against the Bucs for exactly the reason that they're allowing all these points. It's hard to run against them. So you get away from Henry. You you go with Levis. You mix him up with um, probably Chig Okonkwo and uh, Hopkins as your primaries. And on the flip side, it's Rashad White. Maybe a little Kate Otten, maybe a little Mike Evans. I think um, Godwin is not priced correctly for his usual production and for his role. So I'm going to stay away from Godwin at 6,700. I don't think he belongs in that salary category on DraftKings. But um, what do you think? Yeah, I mean, I, I think yeah, you have an option here of uh, – Get, there, there's potentially going to be some points scored in the game, but I, I don't, I don't particularly like it. I, I would kind of avoid everyone in, in this game personally, but I, I think last week, I think some people, you know, you, people may be looking into uh, how they played here, but my numbers have no, have, have really nothing, nothing standing out except maybe Tampa Bay wide receivers in this game. So I, I don't really love it. Yeah. Uh, as far, I think you just got some other really good plays on the, on the uh, slate that I would avoid this one. The game doesn't pop on the power rankings, but again, Will Levis is, is a new um, sort of uh dynamic, or at least it's, it's somewhat of a new dynamic for this team. So. Yeah, it definitely is. But I, I don't know if there's enough there that they're going to, yeah. 
you know, to, to warrant, you know, in, in, if you're MME for sure, but yeah, silly for the Millie goodness, yeah. that is not yeah. where you're not focused. We, we already, we're at, we're focused <laughs> Burrow, you know, Burrow and Stroud are the focus points this week. Everything else is just a little tournament, tournament fun and goodness. There's one more game that pops a little bit, but I think the Texans Bengals game is the game of the week with everything else being sort of a side note. Um, speaking of that, next up, we've got the 49ers on the road, taking on the Jaguars. Jaguars are three-point home underdogs in a game with a 45-point total. Um, John, uh, Purdy and company heading west. You know, the Jaguars, pretty hot, 6-2 and two team. Uh, the 49ers, tough to run on, but you could throw on them. Any interest in this game at all from either side? Yeah, I like I like the 49ers here. I'm going to lay the points on the road and take the minus three. Um, you're laying 110 uh, with that. Uh, now, I like what Jacksonville's been doing. They're, they're, they're really starting to uh, become one of the teams, one of the better teams in the league. I mean, kind of what we thought, where we thought they would be. Um, I've got a bet on them to, to – uh, I don't know if I've got to win the division. I've got them to win the uh, Super Bowl. Um, I don't know if they're going to be that good. But in this spot, San Francisco, I think we're getting value here. All right. So basically, we've seen San Francisco falter for a few weeks in a row now, uh, while Jacksonville's on the way up. So I think you're catching both teams at the right time to find value on the line. Um, and it's still three, like, you know, it, w- even with all that. So the the public is going to like Jacksonville in this game. I, I like San Francisco. I think they cover this one. Um, I think they cover the three on the road. I'm never worried about, don't, don't worry about West coast teams going East, uh, for these early games. It's never an issue at all. Um, the issue is always actually the night games with East coast teams going West. So don't worry about that. I think you can lay the points here with, with San Francisco. I love it. Um, I love the angle that San Francisco, you know, kind of, kind of coming off some down games where the Jaguars have been hot and, how that comes together here uh, where San Francisco's defense should be able to slow them down. A couple of, couple of interesting notes here. One, one really interesting note, and, and it's right off of the power ranking sheet uh, available on the sharp app for VIP subscribers. Uh, if you're not signed up at sharp, of course, go check it out. Promo code DFSA 20 is a 20% off code. You want to use that. It's worth it. So, and you get everything. John's plays, the bets, the Discord, everything, the power ranking sheet, the the optimizer tool, all that good stuff over on the Sharp app. But um, check this out, John. So um, the Jaguars are really good against the run this year. They're allowing, uh, I believe, nice. yeah, uh, thirty-one points below mean expectation, or thirty-one yards below mean a uh, below mean average to opposing running games. That is one of the biggest numbers. Uh, not the biggest, but one of the biggest numbers in terms of uh, defense versus the run uh, of any team. And let, let's see. Let's see. Is it the biggest? John, it is right up there. Uh, only It looks like only the Eagles are allowing fewer yards per game than the Jaguars. So what does that mean for Christian McCaffrey? I just, just is this a spot? And now I want to just break it down a little DFS angles here and, and betting angles. So they're really bad, really good. The Jaguars are really good against the run. They're not very good against the pass. Christian McCaffrey is on this team. He's the most expensive player on the slate um, from a uh, running back perspective. And the question is, 
Is this a game where if we're playing the matchup, are we getting off of CM sizzles and maybe loading up on some Brock Purdy pass catching weapons or, or just, is, is there any signal here that says maybe don't, don't go nuts on McCaffrey. I'm not telling the people don't play McCaffrey this week. I don't have that kind of balls, but I'm just asking you when you see that, is that a, a an info nugget in your mind as you're setting up your DFS this week? Maybe, maybe Christian McCaffrey, maybe he's not going to get me the 40 points I need to make value against his nine K salary. No, I mean, I, I, or you ignore it. I'm pretty much ignoring. I mean, just because he's just on a level, <clears throat> When you look at points scored, I mean, he's the the number one guy at running back. And then as far as the teams go, only Miami's been better um, at that position. So I I don't think the Jacksonville defense is that good, like just, you know, that solid against running backs that I need to necessarily fade uh, McCaffrey. I mean, he's going to be lighter owned just because of the fact of, of the price tag. I get that. But I wouldn't, that's not going to sway me anymore. Like the Jacksonville defense is not scaring me. Let's so. You don't, it, it, that was just my general question that, that, because that's a really big number that Jacksonville has done. They're actually very, very good against the run. I don't think that's well known. I don't think that's a, you know, common knowledge. People don't think of Jacksonville and say, oh, they're a team that it's hard to run against. Like that is not your first thought that when you think about Jacksonville, but oh, the stats say, oh, wow, they've been really good. So, um, yeah, I was just wondering on that if that affects anything. I still think I, you know, my early week assessment was Christian McCaffrey is the, you know, probably the best play on the board this week because he's consistently putting up 25 points no matter what the matchup. So we'll see. But I do think it there may be a little bit of this limits the ceiling. We probably don't see that 40 point game out of McCaffrey that you might see against like some porous run offense, but run defense, but maybe not. Um, so I was just curious there. Uh, I do think that there is I, I'd have some interest in Brock Purdy this week as there's very few pay down options at quarterback that are are particularly interesting so i don't mind a little brock purdy action he's got all his weapons back but it is not the easiest one to stack it's iuk uh, samuel or or kittle and when there's three of them it's hard to know which which uh which ones are going to pop jacksonville side does not interest me a whole lot here uh san francisco is very good versus the run it's not a travis etn type of game uh i don't think and and then um both Kirk and Ridley are acceptable plays. I, I think Kirk is the better one as slot receivers do a little bit better against San Francisco than anybody else. What do you think, John? Yeah, I mean, I, I would agree with you there. Um, and I think both sides, I think uh, wide receivers, I think they'll be fine um, in this game. I do like the slot receiver. I like that idea. Uh, just kind of looking at my numbers. I mean, you know, San Francisco has been actually terrible against the wide receiver. Oh, they're allowing lots of points to quarterback wide receivers more than quarterbacks. They're they're allowing the yards to happen and the wide receivers to score, but they're preventing them from getting in the end zone. So the, the quarterbacks have not been putting up monster numbers against San Francisco. But yeah, you could throw against them. It's hard to run on them, though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Now, I mean, now that I'm, I'm looking at it a little bit closer, you've got it's exactly what you said. They've been pretty much average against quarterbacks, but one of the worst teams in the league against the, uh, against the wide receiver position and Jacksonville as well. Like that's the Jacksonville weak part, weak part of their defense is, um, is, is the, the wide receivers. So that's why, that's why I considered Purdy is like kind of playable here. It's not bad. There's not normally somebody I use. Yeah. It's not bad. I'm trying to look at my cumulative. Yeah. I mean, so this one, I've got like a little, 
a little thing on one of my spreadsheets that I, like I've got it as like the fourth best fourth best stack of the like game stack of the of the weekend. So give me those. Give me detail that for me. So who who do you have as number one? I'm assuming it's Burrow Chase. It is no the uh, Chargers game. Herbert? No, yeah. Goff. Herbert's died. Yeah. Uh, but well, I'm talking about full game stacks. I'm just oh, okay. Full, okay. So you like game. Chargers game more than the Bengals Texans game. Yeah. So it's like the Chargers, then the Bengals game, and then Washington, Seattle, and then uh and then this game. Interesting. Okay. I like it. Um, and makes sense. All right, let's move on. Um, next up we have Lost my place. The Browns at the Ravens. The Ravens are six and a half point home favorites. This is not a good spot for the Browns as as the 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 total on this game is uh, thirty eight points. So uh, not a very big team total for the Brownies here. Um, two really 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 good defenses going at it. Um, John, is there a side here? Ravens minus six and a half. Yeah, I still like Baltimore. Uh, even as this number has increased here, I think you got to try to get it under the under the touchdown. I think Baltimore's the better team. I think Baltimore's emerging as one of the best teams in the league. Uh, certainly, the power rankings have them as the number one team. Wow, in the league, yeah. But um, just based on you know how dominant they've been in their wins, I know pe- people are going to look at Philly and be like, you know, they're eight and one, but Philly just has not been dominant. Also, little caveat: I mentioned it in the article that you can find on the app itself, but. Because Philly's been so efficient on uh, fourth downs, there it kind of it's equating to about a point and a half. They're about a point and a half better than what their numbers are, which would put them like right around the second or third best team in the league, which is fine. Uh, so you just kind of, kind of have to account for that. I used to do that for like Brady used to be about a point and a half better than his numbers. Uh, Peyton Manning was that way. Rodgers, Rodgers, like, quarterback. Like, like, yeah, that yeah you have to add. And like, I don't know if it's not. It's not necessarily. Uh, Hertz as great as Hertz has played, it's it's the it's the fact that they're so efficient in their yardage. Numbers. So like the yardage numbers estimate just how many points you should be scoring based on the yards that you are gaining. But if you're way more efficient in how you score based on uh, the yard, because like they got crushed last week against Dallas. But I, I know we're talking about Baltimore here, and I just think I, Cleveland. I, I have Cleveland fairly you know, up there as well as one of the better teams uh, in the league. I just think Baltimore here is in a, is in a pretty good spot. I think they're far superior to uh, Cleveland. I think their defense is going to be able to shut Cleveland down. I, I think we see Cleveland take a, take a, a dip in the, um, in the rankings after this weekend, but look at uh, these passing yard numbers, John, look at them. It should, yeah, it's, it's ugly. You, this is the lowest, this this game's going to go under. Like I, that's the other side of it. Like I know the lines moved a bit too, but if you can get this one at thirty eight and a half over on Fanduel minus the one fifteen, I think that's what you want to take. I think you kind of you can take the favorite here in the under. Two spectacular defenses going at it. Um, Deshaun Watson not really in form still, uh, just coming off that injury. So yeah, this has all the makings of an ugly, low scoring affair. I don't think you need anything from it. I don't think there are any players that we need to target. I, you know, I like I like Ford as a running back, and if it wasn't this matchup, I'd probably be on Ford almost every single week. I love, I love, I played him a lot last week. He got all the he got all the volume. It just didn't translate into a big score, but it should have. 
Uh, it didn't, but I'll play that every single time. The problem is Baltimore is so good defensively this year that it just doesn't make a lot of sense to target offensive players against them. Similarly, Cleveland is really, really good defensively this year, especially against the pass, and it just does not make a lot of sense to play a lot of players against them in DFS. So I will avoid that and move on to the next one. But um, your side here is Baltimore. Yeah, for sure. Laying the full six. Okay. Okay. Um, Next up, we've got one of the big ones this week. The Lions at the Chargers. The Lions are three-point road favorites. And this game has the highest game total of the week at 48.5. John, a big part of this game is the fact that the Chargers are a team that is terrible defensively. They are the second worst versus the QB position. So I don't know. Maybe this is a spot for Jared Goff to pop off um, offensively. The Lions defense is actually pretty good. Um, So, but the Chargers offense is good enough to overcome a a decent defensive opponent. Chargers have a lot of injuries going on at wide receiver. Palmer is out. So you're basically looking at Keenan Allen and Quentin Johnston, the rookie. Quentin Johnston failed last week against the Jets, understandably with Sauce Gardner on him. But, uh, and we called that on the showdown breakdown, by the way, the chalkiest player on the slate. If you watch the showdown breakdown, we said, watch out. This is not a good spot for this guy. And he will pop in all of your lineups because people don't understand this matchup against Sauce. That worked out really nicely on the showdown breakdown. Congrats to everybody who crushed that one if you played Chargers defense. But um, on the Lions side, Montgomery should be back this week. And there's real fear. So if Montgomery hadn't been coming back, I would have been all in on Jameer Gibbs. But Montgomery's back. Now it's getting a little weird at running back for the Lions. Not sure how to go with it. Um, Tough to trust Jared Goff as well. When both running backs are in play, they tend to lean heavy runs. So this has been a tougher game for me in terms of DFS angles because every everything's a little weird. I like Austin Eckler, um, of course. Maybe Keenan Allen, but he's priced at a weird, super high spot. I do like Quentin Johnston. And then on the line side, as much as I want to load up on Jared Goff, I do have concerns that um, the runners will suck up a lot of those fantasy points. So uh, how do you see this one going down? Yeah, I mean, I I like Detroit here. I would lay the points. Um, I I'm just not a fan of the of the this Chargers team. I, I think you look for opportunities to fade the Chargers when you can. I think this is one of them. Um, the lines move quite a bit, so we've lost a bit of value here at this point in the week, where you're pretty much going to have to get this. Uh, if you get it under the three, you're going to be paying heavy juice. So I think I think you kind of suck it up and you you lay them the one ten at minus three with the road favorite. And um, yeah, I, I I do like the over as well. So I think it will be a shootout. And I think I think Detroit winds up covering the game. So I like, the, I like this game to go over. I like Detroit to cover it. I mean, the Chargers, did, I mean, they, they didn't look good on Monday night either. Now, granted, like we talked about, playing a pretty solid defense. This Detroit defense is not nearly as good, but... The Chargers team just this is a team that never seems to step up when they need to step up. And I, I kind of like the I, I like the Detroit team here. Now you've got Goff heading back to LA. And I don't know if that's a revenge narrative, but it is his old no, uh, stomping ground. Old stomping ground. And you've got I, I think he's kind of put to bed the he 
like the the road stuff. Like uh, coming into the year, he his numbers were not very good on the road. Um, he's just been able to overcome all that, and I think it's just kind of a small sample size. A bit. I think and, I think Goff solidified himself as a starting quarterback for like a few more years. I you know I think we were he's, really he's still close. Young. Yeah, no, we were really close to kind of. <clears throat> he was almost in the. He almost made it into the Andy Dalton sort of uh, journeyman category for a minute when they let him go from uh from la but but i think he's now established himself back as like i don't think the the lines are like hey we need a different guy they're like no we found our guy and he'll be here for a while no nah, i mean it's a guy listen he went to the super bowl had a great defense with him but y- you put the pieces around i mean it's a guy who's you know he's a fairly high uh, was he he, he was, wasn't he was, one. he was the number one overall, number one guy, yeah. yes and so, I mean, you know, he's, he's got number, a he's, he's maybe 28. He's not an older I don't player. Even know if he's, I don't even know if he's 28. Maybe 27 or 28. Yeah, I, um, maybe I, I feel like it was 27 last year. So I'm, I, 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 I did look it up last year and I think he's 28. Oh, he's 29. Okay. Okay. 29. There we go. Yeah. So, uh, he's actually a little older than I thought, but still it's like, it's a guy who just seems like he's been around forever. And, um, listen, you put the pieces around him. I, I think they're going to put up points in this game. I don't think there's any way. Uh, the Chargers hold the them question down. though I have for you, John. And yeah, I love, I, I agree with you. I like the, uh, the lion's side to win. I think the, the same things that I think it's a big plus for them that they got Montgomery back. So they have all their running backs going. Um, when you have that, you know, Amin Ra is so dominant and, and then Laporta, uh, as well now emerging as a stud tight end, they just have a lot going on. You got Jamison Williams on the outside now, uh, Jamison Williams. Yeah on the outside now as a, as a deep threat. So um, this the Lions offense is difficult to plan for, and it's difficult to stop. I don't think uh, the Chargers, who have been horrible defensively, have any sort of answer for that. And and the Lions defense is good this year, and that's the difference maker. So if I look at these two teams, both offenses are pretty good, but Lions have a good defense, and the Chargers do not. So that's how I see it in terms of the bet, and that's why I'm I'm down with your side. Um, I just put my tracker on Detroit here while you were saying that because I I very strongly agree with it. Um, let me ask you DFS angles. You're focusing this game more than the other one. I think this is the best game of the uh, of the slate. So I I think this is the most likely. It's it's one of the better games that I've uh, seen probably it's the best game I've seen in weeks. So from a just total scoring or QB scoring, particularly from a QB wide receiver, tight end combo scoring. And which side are you more interested in? Uh, I like the Detroit side a little bit more. Okay. Um, I'm leaning the other game. The Houston game. Yeah, I'm leaning that game. Good one also. Yeah. yeah. It's better than, listen, that's my second game, and it's still better than, like, any game that I saw. Now, granted, last week, the Houston game goes off. But prior to the week, that this uh, Cincinnati game is better than any game over the last, like, three, four weeks yeah. on paper going into the weekend for me. So I like it. My biggest concern here, the reason I'm leaning the other one, my biggest concern is that running game for Detroit just sucking up all the fantasy production. I've seen it too many times. It, you know, it, it can go that way. It can go another way. Um, it could certainly go the heavy passing game route. And I, I yeah, I'm going to be accounting for that. Jared Goff is like affordable on DraftKings relative to some of the other quarterbacks. Um, but I'm just worried about Monty, you know, coming in and smashing for two 
touchdowns or him and Jameer Gibbs each getting one. And, and of the five touch of the four touchdowns that are scored, two were sucked up by running backs. And it just, that that's my biggest concern here. Um, but beyond that, yeah, it's got a lot of pop potential. And, and if both sides can be doing it, if both sides are scoring, it could just go, it can go banana. So yeah, two games. I'm slightly leaning the other one as far as the number one, but yeah, it's one and two and it's just one, a one B right here. Um, Falcons at the Cardinals. Falcons are one and a half point road favorites. Cardinals. Um, Kyler Murray making his debut, John. Don't know what to expect. Have no idea. Will he be good? I still haven't made up my mind, but um, Falcons being favored on the road against anybody is rough. Uh, I think, I don't know. I don't know how you, like I said, I don't know how you, how you handicap. What's Kyler Murray going to look like coming back? How do you handicap that? Yeah, it's tricky in that uh, that league that I'm in with you. You know, the NFFC. I've got a shot actually to win to take that whole thing down. I know it's it's I'm insane. Yeah, and and I picked up Murray a couple of weeks ago because I've got Hurts. Okay, so I needed a backup. So I, you got to run with him. Like, what am I going to do? Like, you're not going to get anyone better potentially. So I've got to I got to roll him out there this week. So I am hoping for the best. Um, and even with that, I like I like Arizona in the game um, here. So. I like what you said. Basically, I think you were kind of implying there, like who the who the hell's Atlanta to be favored? How on the dare road? they favor Atlanta? Who's Atlanta doesn't even know who Atlanta's quarterback is. Like it's Thursday as we're recording this, and even Atlanta's kind of like, yeah, we're not sure. We're gonna make a decision on Friday. Like, man, they don't even know who their quarterback is. They stink, and they have the worst freaking coach. I hate you, Arthur Smith. I have hatred for Arthur Smith. It reminds me of. My hatred for Urban Myers as an NFL coach. Like they're similar for me. I hate him. The fact that you're rolling Algier out there as a stud workhorse and putting Bijan on the bench, like the dude has done nothing but be awesome. And their thanks to him is not playing him enough and screwing over all fantasy owners. Fantasy owners unite against Arthur Smith. We hate you, sir. Sorry, I needed to make that rant. For the fantasy peeps, for my fantasy brothers and sisters, they know what's up. Um, yeah, I think I, who's the quarterback for the Falcons this week, John? Well, I, I think it's going to be Heineke, but is I don't it? Know. I think so. I don't know. Maybe. Yeah. So yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough situation. Um, do I like anybody on on either team? Listen, if you're playing, can you play Kyler Murray in DFS? Stack him up with uh, Marquise Brown, little Holly weird. <laughs> A little Trey, Trey. Uh, uh, you you know how I feel about like these guys coming Trey up. And this is like, but this is like, an, you know, typically I don't like these type of quarterbacks off an injury, but this is an injury that's, you know, uh, this isn't like he's been hurt for the last two weeks. There is absolutely no reason for him to play if he's not just ready to go. I mean, they, they're not going to take that kind of a risk, right? So I have to think he's going to come in here fairly healthy um, or totally healthy. And now it's just a matter of the rust. You know, can he knock the rust off because he hasn't played? I think no, that's more of the concern. That's my that that is the concern. And also, will they run him? Will they allow him to run around like a lunatic, which is what scores well? I think yes, John. I'm I think like, he'll be able to create. They're not going to have. They're not going to do any. He's not going to have a lot of design runs, but I think he'll just be able to scramble and make plays be, with his legs. So here. I've been allowing, I've been marinating on this all week because this is one of the hard questions of the week. You have no basis for, 
I have no basis for comparison. It's one of the hard questions. And as I marinated on it, here's what I'm thinking. When you're a little rusty, what do you end up doing? You're a little off on your timing. Not that his timing's very good anyway, because he's Kyler Murray, but um, he's a little off on the timing. So like, eh, uh, run. You know, your instinct is take off running. It, uh, they've been trying to train him to be a pocket passer, and that's ruined a lot of his fantasy upside. But like coming back, what he's going to go back to his instinctual, I need to run a lot. So if we get one of those Kyler Murray runs a lot games and you're getting Kyler Murray for a discounted price coming off an injury at, you know, 5,900, uh, you know, this is a 7K guy when when he's when he's um, playing normally, like 7,300. That's your salary for, for Kyler Murray most weeks. So you're getting a minor discount here. If you get the running version of Kyler Murray, we could get a little, uh, a, a little shocking. No one expected it. Pop game. Uh, kind of coming out of the blue, um, silly for the Millie, not something I'm doing in my cash lineup, but, um, I like your call that probably Arizona is the side here just because who the fuck is Atlanta to be favored against anybody. Um, shame on whoever you know, like, no, same on any team. That's an underdog to Atlanta. They, they're not very good. And, and so for DFS angles, YOLO, Trey McBride, Hollywood Brown. Why not? And and even on the um, Atlanta side, I guess if if Heineke's in there and if London plays, I'll have some interest there as well. Any running backs in this game? Um, no, I can't trust Bijan. I'm I'm out until I see something different. I'm not going to get sucked in again. The hurt. It's too painful to watch it. It's tough if you if you were confident in the usage, then yeah, I, I kind of like the I, I like the running side on the Atlanta. But uh, I'm not confident. I, I have no know, yeah, I just don't know what the usage is going to be. But they should be able to run the ball on this. Yeah, just team. completely not confident on which guy it's going to be, and it's just been it's emotionally draining. It, it drains me emotionally watching those games. It's not good for my psyche. Knowing how great Bijan is and they don't play him makes me upset. Yeah, I don't get it. Not too many things upset me like that. Yeah, you're very laid back. Normally, I'm pretty chill. Yeah. You said that so sarcastically. The people at home know me as a really chill guy. You the are. people watching. No, nah, you are. You are. Yeah. <laughs> I don't believe you when you say it. You don't say I, it convincingly. You, you, you are. You're not high strung at all. You guys realize he's trolling me on <laughs> the show right now. This is happening in real time. Um, okay. Next up. What? Where are we at? I said Lions and the Chargers already, right? Um, Giants at the Cow. All right. I got to talk to you about this game. I'm, I'm, I'm excited for this game. The Giants are heading out to Dallas to take on the Cowboys in a game that I think for the first time ever, you can confidently project the defense to score 20 plus fantasy points and and you'll be relatively accurate with that uh projection. Tommy DeVito, well known for his role uh as the uh well known as the role that Joe Pesci played in Goodfellas is now helming the Giants for this game. They don't trust him to throw the football. So he's just out there handing it off to to Charles uh, to to uh, Charles Barkley, to to Saquon, and that's it. That's all that they do. 
against an elite Dallas defense at home. I don't even know where to begin here, John. Um, this is the Dallas. Do you lay the 16 and a half? You're definitely not laying 16 and a half. Uh, I don't know. I don't know. No, you're just not. Like, so you, you're taking, you're, you're either, you're going to take the under and the points, if anything. So you're going to take the Giants here plus 16 and a half if you have to. Um, you're certainly not laying 16. I'm not laying 16 and a half points. I'm not teasing this down, which is I'm the next thing it. that you're going to suggest. You're like, oh, I'm just going to tease this under teasing 10. It. Doing it. Not touching that at all. Um, so I, I like the Giants here, with, and the, I'll take the plus 16 and a half points and the under um, in this game. Giant, uh, you know, listen, it's an in, it's I get it, it's divisional rivalry, but this is a game that Dallas is going to sleepwalk through. They they could you know they might win this game 30 to nothing. We've seen it. They destroyed the Giants in that opening game, right? Everything just started to snowball for them uh, in that game. But yeah, I'm not I'm not. I'm never laying 16 and a half in the NFL. I'll take the I'll take the 16 and a half points here. I'm teasing it, John. I'm doing it. This is part of it. This is part of the greasy teaser. There's no way the Cowboys lose this game. They're gonna destroy them. So from a DFS angles, I do wanna I do want to point out a couple things though. This is not a good spot for CeeDee Lamb. Uh I got some I got some in my first look video this week. I was saying no, no, no to Lamb. No to this the offensive players, but especially Lamb in this game. And I got some pushback in the comments like, bullshit, you're playing Lamb. And blah, blah, you know, well, you're not going to play Lamb. Uh. No, I'm not going to play Lamb. Why? Because they're just like we saw last week with Devontae Adams against the Giants where they didn't need to throw to him because it was such an easy win for the Raiders. They didn't bother throwing it to their stud wide receiver. The same thing is going to happen here. This is not going to be some game where Dallas in the second half is like, oh, we need to score again. They're going to be like, oh, let's get out of here, right? Let's just run it. We're already up 21 points. We're going to go up 20. Let's just run the football, take our time. They're not even going to bother throwing to, to Lamb uh, once the second half starts. So I'm not interested in the passing offense for Dallas at all. No Dak, no Lamb, none of that. I get that the Giants suck, but it's just too easy to score against them in other ways. And there's very little... Uh, here that tells me, you know, Dak's going to need to throw for 300 yards. So I'm out. I'm out. I'm out on all of that. Um, Tony Pollard is interesting. He is terrible this year. I mean, he's a good player, but he has been terrible this year as a fantasy asset so far. But I think this is the game where that changes. This is such a defensive battle. Um, so I, I'll give Tony Pollard a chance to finally have a, a breakout game. I am taking the Cowboys. I, I don't think you should touch the Giants. They don't have a real quarterback. And when you don't have a real quarterback and they don't have real wide receivers on the team, there's no tight end. And so it's just Saquon Barkley. I don't think Barkley is good enough uh, by himself against a Dallas team that knows it's the ball's going to him to do anything. Uh, I think it's more likely Saquon gets hurt during this game than, than it is that he puts up a tournament-winning score. So you just have to focus that Dallas side. It. I don't like laying the 16 and a half either, but now we already talked about uh, a couple of games where uh, they're a little teasy and I'll tell you which ones we talked about already. So you have the Bengals um, Texans game. You can, you can add seven to the Texans and reduce this one to under 10 and still get sort of minus one, one ten odds. Uh, there's a second game on the slate as well uh, that, that would, that would work for a teaser. Uh, yeah. The Browns Ravens, eh, probably not doing that. But um, 
Yeah, I wouldn't mind. I wouldn't mind um, with the lions as well. Any of the any of the size that you already liked, I wouldn't mind adding that to a larger uh, multi prong teaser where we push the the numbers a little bit. But I think the Cowboys can actually cover the sixteen and a half. I actually think you could just take that straight. I don't think the Giants are going to score. I know. I I know. I get like I don't. I know what you're saying where where you overinflate the value of the QB, but I actually think that the Giant Dallas would be sixteen point favorites with Daniel Jones too. So it's not like that. It's that different. It's kind of the same shit. Like they're beating the Giants by 20, even with Daniel Jones at the helm. I mean, obviously they're they're the better team. Yeah. This would not be 16 and a half with Daniel Jones. Though. It wouldn't, but you'd want to you'd lay the nine against yeah. Daniel Jones Giants and you'd be like, I'm laying it. So now it's Tony DeVito. Tommy DeVito. I have not seen anything that implies that this kid is an NFL quarterback. Not an NFL quarterback. A backup level. He's probably yeah. better than Zach Wilson, though. No. I'll take him over Zach Wilson right not now. Not close. No. I'll take him over Zach Wilson today. Jets win more games with Tommy DeVito than they do with Zach Wilson. You'd like to think that. I do. I want to think it. I hate Zach. But that is not. That is definitely not the case. Maybe with Dobbs. The only thing Zach Wilson has going for him is his hot mom. And that's a lot. That is something. Yeah. So I don't want to see him go away just because of that. I already follow the mom on Instagram. It's fine. I'm all set. Let me know. I don't need him anymore. Let me know when she gets an OF. She's got it. I'd be. How much is it? Nineteen ninety nine. Subscribe. Speaking of subscribe, if you're enjoying the video, don't forget to subscribe. Hit that subscribe like button. Subscribe to the channel. Get all great stuff we have over here on the DFS Army uh, channel. Of course, the Sharp app as well. Um, and betting content on the Sharp app YouTube channel. Link in the description below. So you can get all John's stuff over on the Sharp app YouTube channel. And of course, here at the DFS Army YouTube channel as well. All right. Last game. And this is one of your uh, liked games on this uh, slate here, John. Uh, Commanders at the Seahawks. With the Commanders coming in as six and a half point road underdogs, taking on a Seahawks team that is five and three and uh, favored at home at, by six and a half. This game has a 44 and a half point total. Um, John, are you uh, taking the Seahawks at home here under that seven point mark? I am. Yeah, I'm going to I'm going to take the uh, I'm going to lay the lay the points. I like this under seven for sure. Um I love taking a team that just looked awful. You know, a team that looks way worse than what they really are. They're not as good as their record either, but they're certainly not as bad as they looked last week. Uh, I love the bounce back here against Washington, uh, especially Washington coming off uh, a decent performance themselves. So I really like Seattle in this one. This one sets up well for for the type of bets that I like to make. So uh, especially under the seven. Sharps came in, I believe, on this. Uh, am I wrong? No, no, we didn't get any sharp money on this one, but uh, my sharp money will be on the Washington side of this game. I'm sorry, the Seattle side of this game. Seattle right? side. Yeah, um, Seattle Seattle minus the six and a half. What about DFS angles here? Um, so Seattle just has not been, like Geno has been not a good fantasy asset for most of this season. Um, most of his pass catchers are a little bit overpriced. Um, the way they price Metcalf and Lockett, just not, not, really in line with their average production. 
Uh, we're 10 weeks into a season. At some point, you have to look at the production that they've been doing and saying that's what they do and that's who they are. And and both of them, um, uh, both of them are nowhere near. Uh, you know, uh, I'll give you the numbers. Metcalf at 7K is averaging 12.6 fantasy points per game. You want to be at uh, 2.5x average to your salary on DraftKings to be quote fairly priced. So Metcalf, not anywhere near it. He he should be priced um, more in the uh, 5K range or five or 4.5 5.5K uh, range. Um, same exact thing for Lockett, although he's a little bit more reasonable. He's been averaging 12.3 uh, DraftKings fantasy points per game. He's at 6100, so he's at 2x. He, he should probably be more of a 5500 guy as well. Um, you have Jackson Smith and Jigba on the upswing right now. And that's part of the problem with this team. There are three guys, uh, JSN got six targets last week. So, um, all three of them are sort of seeing six or seven targets. There's no real differentiator between the two. What I'm saying, my point is Washington is a team that we've been attacking with opposing passing games, QBs, wide receivers. This is not an easy one to play. There's three guys. They're all kind of priced a little weird. How do you approach this? Is it like, I don't care. I'm going to force me some Geno plus two stacks and hope for the best. Or is it, you know, there's no value in this stack. So, uh, you know, outside of tournament plays, like maybe I won't double stack it. How are you attacking it, John? Yeah, I think you, I think you do want pieces of this game. I mean, everything you said is valid. Um, but I think the potential for this game to, to get to a level of something similar that you saw last week with, uh, with, with Stroud, I think is there. So I think you do want to get pieces of this game. I think Seattle can easily go off. Um, and you could get a double stack with, uh, you know, the, the two pass catchers, either of them. I know it's expensive. Um, but that, again, does that I kind of, does that require Washington also going off? Yeah, but I think that's the potential that you have yeah. here. I think Washington can score on the Seattle team as well. I mean, Seattle's a team that you want to target in DFS and so is Washington. So I, I, and I think both quarterbacks have shown that they have the ability to have a good game here or there. I mean, Howell's come on and you've got, uh, as you said, I mean, Gino maybe not necessarily has done it yet this year, but we know the potential is there with the pass coverage. So I, I think you've got game stackability with this one. Um, and you could play it with, you know, four pieces with one of the quarterbacks. This is a perfect spot for the new sim boost um, stacking rule that we have at DFS Army on the Domination Station Optimizer, where um, you can now... Uh, effectively, when a QB is in, give a projection boost um, to your specificity for players on the same team, but also on the opposing team, so that they'll just naturally start to flow into those lineups without like an artificial force forcing of these um, stacks, where it will legitimately pick the best projected ones. So it's a really good spot to heavy sim uh, boost this for a game stack, because my knowledge of Seattle is that that coaching staff will not press the issue if they don't have to. If they can slow the game down and run for touchdowns and they're they're holding a lead or they're keeping it close, they're not going to push. The time when Seattle is pushing points is when they're behind. So um, I don't think this game pops without a game, without both sides popping. So effectively for Gino to do well, he's probably just as um, correlated with a Terry McLaurin slash Jahan Dotson as he is with his own wide receivers in this one. So I think that's that's something, a little angle for this game uh, for pe- for the people. A little angle for the people right there. Gino does not go off unless the commanders are doing it too. So you should increase your correlative factor for um, 
Washington relative to uh, the Seattle quarterback position. So this is not one of the games. It's really interesting. The side that interests me almost more is the Washington side. Like Howell, it's, it's interesting. Um, Howell's been putting up big numbers on occasion. And if you catch him that right week, he's he's priced low enough that when he gets that 27, you're getting a 4.5x um, salary number. And you, you got the little fire emoji. We love fire emojis on our DraftKings screen. So that side is interesting for me. Um, and you like uh, Seattle for the bet, you said. No, uh, yes, I'm sorry. I like Seattle minus, yeah. the, uh, minus the points, yes. All right. Um, I love it. I love it. And that's going to do it for the main slate of games. You've got a, you've got a Monday night, uh, a Sunday night game. Uh, we'll just talk a uh, quick betting uh, on the last two, but Sunday night football jets at the Raiders uh, jets coming off the horrible game. Uh, it's a pick em game. How do you see it? Raiders at home. Yeah, I'm taking the Raiders in that one. Um, it goes back to, the, I, I love taking the, those East coast teams going West on the, for the night games. Uh, it's actually, it's a, a really solid angle. And uh, Raiders were, listen, the Raiders look like a little bit of a different team there. They are inspired. Yeah. They are an inspired team. Uh, they fired the hated coach. I love that spot um, as well. I, you know, Jets, I'm usually wrong in betting it. So I, I don't, I don't want to take a side, but I'd be on the Raiders side. Um, and then uh, last game, Monday Night Football, just quick uh, betting angle here. Bills at home, taking on the Broncos. Bills minus seven and a half. Yes, way, that's yeah. a teaser spot right there. You want to talk about, I don't think you need to tease it. I think you just take the Bills, but that's a teaser spot right there that I was looking for that Giants game. You need to add something to it. Just take the Bills. They're winning that game. I'm taking the Broncos plus seven and a half in that one. So yeah, that's why I got to tease it. Yeah. Going to tease it. Going to build. Yeah, they should, they should win the game. There's something, yeah. you know, listen, there's something not right with this Bills team. And I, I think we're getting we're getting some uh, some value anything over the uh, over the seven. So I'll take the touchdown and a and a hook. Nope, going the opposite. Going the opposite. I'm teasing it down, teasing it down, adding it in with the Cowboys. Easy money, free money. It's free money, Jordan. We shall see. Nothing's free money. Um, all right, that's nope. going to do it for. <laughs> John, the second I said free money, he's like, Ooh, never say that. You know, never I hate that. that. Not financial advice. No. Um, all right. That's going to do it for the game plan. NFL week 10. Don't forget. Uh, Sharp app is going strong. If you're betting on sports, if you're in Florida with John and you got the Hollywood uh, uh, casino app and, and uh, Hollywood casino, the hard rock, hard rock yeah. app in Hollywood, Florida, of course, but uh, you got the hard rock app. You want to play a little, you want to follow along with, with John's plays. You want to have the access to the Proptimizer tool, our, our pregame bets, every side, every sport. We have it all covered in the Sharp app. Um, people are starting to get limited, and I love it. We're starting to give out uh, swag to our our uh, subscribers that are getting limited at sportsbooks. I just, I'm looking at an email right now. You'll see it go out in a mailer for um, Sharp app, but we have members getting limited at sportsbooks because the props have been so sharp. Um, that's how you make money betting on sports. So, um, you get the sharp app promo code DFSA 20 gets you 20% off the 49.99 a month plan. So that gets you in there for 39.99 a month. That price will be much higher next year. We never raise the price. So you want to get in now, lock in your subscription there and you're going to love it. If you're a sports better, if you like betting on sports and you're, a, you want to be an advantage better, that's what you do. That's why you download the sharp app. And of course, for DFS, we got the Domination Station Optimizer, the whole crew going strong. I'm just printing cash in NBA with no research, John. I've just been playing 
pretty much tiers or, or cash lineups using the optimizer. And to start the season, it has been um, on point. I'm not able to really pay close attention to NBA during NFL season. I will get into it, I'm sure, in January or February when it's too late. But that's just how we do it here. But um, everything's been going really, really well at DFS Army. The optimizer is fired up and um, and doing its thing. The, the, the staff has been killing it for NBA. We've got uh, still some well, NASCAR just ended, but we've still got, uh, you know, some League of Legends going, a little golf golf action going nhl's going strong we got a new stacking system in place for nhl as well that's been really good so uh, make sure to check out dfs army uh code geek gets you 10 percent off and we will see you guys next time on another game plan good luck everyone